Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Kumo Majesty 9 Solus TA91. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is Jeff T. from the Club 520 Podcast. When it comes to your feet, eBay's got your back. When you see the blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, that means real experts are checking your sneakers. Every stitch, down to the sole. They even smell them because nothing says fresh like the scent of real kicks. So kick back and relax. From the drop to your doorstep, eBay doesn't play games with your sneaker game. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal with eBay authenticity guarantee. Visit ebay.com for terms. The Volume. The Three and Out Podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There is no better place to bet every moment more than with FanDuel. With football ending, we have the NBA rolling, March Madness right around the corner, and my personal favorite, betting on the PGA Tour. I cannot recommend it enough. You get winnings fast, and winnings are also delivered in under two hours. It's a fun to combine multiple bets from the same game parlay. No big deal. NBA, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. That would be what I would do. If you are new, just download the FanDuel app. To get started now, sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out Podcast, back at it again on a Monday. We just had a little breaking news, which we'll dive into off the top. Howie Roseman wheeling and dealing with the New Orleans Saints, hosting the, uh, I'm recording this before the Natty, but where the Natty is. A lot of other stuff going on. Wide receiver trade buzz, Belichick going to ship. He traded for Devontae Parker. Now is he going to get rid of Nikhil Harry? Um... Deshaun Watson, the ripple effects it's going to have on a couple young quarterbacks. Some thoughts on uh, Winning Time, the uh, Laker documentary, and the Laker just, just, I mean, disaster that was the 2022 season for LeBron's squad. I actually think there are parallels with an NFL division that someone's bound to have a disastrous season. We just don't know which one, it, which one is coming. Uh, and then we'll just fly around some other things that are happening around the National Football League and just, you know, the draft, so a little college football as well. 
At John Middlecoff is my Instagram. Slide up into those DMs. Get your question answered here on the show. We do a Middlecoff mailbag every uh, every week on Tuesday show. And then we do it again for the weekend. So uh, fire in. Need some DMs. At John Middlecoff. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Slide in. Uh, as well as Go Low Pod is also an Instagram. Masters. Right around the corner. We'll have a big Masters preview. Uh, talk about Tiger and everything else. Come out Wednesday. Some betting Obviously, thoughts for that one as well. Subscribe to the pod, three and out. Share it with your friends. Share it with your enemies. If you listen to Colin's feed, just subscribe to the three and out feed. Greatly appreciate that. Leave a review if you could. Five stars, three stars, two stars, whatever you want. Just leave a review, whatever you think. And, uh, okay, let's talk some football. You know, they say timing is everything. And uh, I believe that is true. Because right before I was about to hit record... Adam Schefter threw out a tweet to the universe that honestly, my first reaction, double checked. I'm like, I'm not getting spoofed. Is it still April Fool's? Is April Fool's only April 1st or does that last an entire week? So I did a double check. It was actually him. There was a big trade. And anytime a draft trade happens that's not on like a top two or three pick, it's a little alarming. Like, I, I kind of red flag it. I, I don't know that there's more to the story. Like, last year when the 49ers, a month before the draft, traded to pick three, it was clear what they were doing, right? We just had to figure out what quarterback were they going to take. Many moons ago, and I actually didn't love the trade, though once they ended up with Sam Darnold, I did love it, and then it turns out it was wrong because Sam Darnold wasn't that good. The Jets did something similar, right? They traded from six to three with the Colts uh, to get ultimately with other than Sam Darnold in the Baker Mayfield draft. And it worked out for the Colts because the Colts ended up getting Quentin Nelson. But the trade that just took place, I think Howie Roseman is, one, he's been a wheeler and dealer since he took over as a general manager. But I think he is one of the smarter GMs in the league when it comes to value. And I say this all the time about the draft. The draft is more than just acquiring players. It is a market exercise in basically economics. You place values on picks and then the players on what picks you have to use to acquire them, right? You would not take a guy in the top 10 if you know you can get him in the third round. You would not buy a million-dollar house if you can get the same house down the street for $400,000. And then you have to factor in the inventory in this draft relative to the inventory potentially in next draft. That's why the Patriots forever, and a lot of teams have instituted this now because their guys are all over the place, are constantly evaluating multiple drafts at once, right? Because if you're going to trade for future year's drafts, you have to have some idea of the talent pool in that group relative to the talent pool in this current group. And Schefter put out a good little graphic. Basically, the Eagles, who had three picks in the top 19, right? They had 15, 16, and 19. Traded two of those picks, 16 and 19, for the Saints' 18th overall pick. And at first, you're like, what is going on? Well, here's the key. The Eagles get the Saints' first-round pick next year because ultimately, you don't need three first-round picks in a draft unless you're the shittiest team in the league like the Lions or the Jags and completely starting over. The Eagles won nine games last year. And when you get three first-round picks, you guarantee their contracts. So they got the opportunity, one, to unload one of those picks for a future one. But here's the key. 
When you look at the Saints, you go, they've lost their two best assets the last two years, their quarterback and definitely their coach. They now have Dennis Allen taking over. They have Jameis Winston returning at quarterback off an ACL. So I go, what are the chances that they're going to be as good as they just were last year? I would short them. Here's the other thing. They have really excelled at defense the last three or four years with Dennis Allen as their defensive coordinator. Well, now he doesn't get to just focus on the 25, 26 guys on his unit. He has to be the head coach. Some guys are just meant to be CFOs or CMOs, not the CEO. What Sean Payton could do was elite, right? He could lead the squad and he could call the offense. And people I know in the NFL, I know it's kind of controversial on social media. Is he overhyped? Is he as good as people think? Well, yeah, he was making $15, $16 million for a reason. He was widely considered a top three or four coach in the league. And they lost him. So I think if you're Howie, you're kind of betting against the Saints being that good. So you get their one next year, and who knows? They could crumble, right? He has their second the following year. To me, this is the easiest trade he's ever made. Like, to me, Howie, if you're the Saints... Unless you have another move, and there are a lot of people out there on the internet streets thinking that they may package these picks to move up, but we're not talking about some great quarterback draft. And the guy that evaluated the quarterbacks really well, Sean Payton, remember, he loved Patrick Mahomes. He was into, he just been hot on some guys that turned out to be really good. I think he was a big Jimmy Garoppolo guy. Uh, is gone. So, to me, I, if I'm Howie, I'm basically shorting the Saints. That's what he did. This trade probably took him 10 seconds to be like, uh, are you serious? This is the deal? See ya. I mean, Howie has been excellent now the last couple of years in terms of wheeling and dealing in the draft. Like, this is why he keeps getting extensions from Jeffrey Lurie. This is why the Eagles are not going away anytime soon, even though I, like, I'm not a huge believer in their quarterback. But a lot of people are saying that next year is a way better quarterback draft. True. Now he's got more assets. I think it's even less about that, even though I'm sure that came up in conversation in their front office. I think it's more about, I think the Saints will suck. This is incredible value. We don't need all these picks at the end of the teens. Let's use one of these to parlay it basically into a first and a second in future years. So we have more cheap labor that comes in high end, right? It's one thing to accumulate fifth, sixth, seventh round picks. Those are complete crapshoots. When you have a first round pick or a second round pick, you feel pretty confident on draft day about nailing that pick. And the Saints, I don't know. It feels like they're a little lost. It feels like they think they're a little closer than they are. Uh, now, you could argue if Brady were to retire next year again, uh, the Panthers suck. You know, who knows? Maybe the Falcons are going nowhere fast. Maybe that you could just be a playoff contender at eight, nine wins in the future. I would probably still bet against that, though. So, to me, this is a no-brainer for the Eagles, and I just kind of question the Saints. FanDuel Sportsbook NBA Same Game Parlay. What is it? Gives you a chance to turn a small bet into a big payday. It's my favorite. Choose any NBA game, anyone. Combine multiple bets within the game. How many three-pointers made, who the leading scorer is going to be, and more into one wager for bigger wins. Ten bucks can become a lot of money. Make the mid-season feel like the playoffs on FanDuel Sportsbook. Get paid fast. If you're a new customer, you can bet 5 bucks and get $150 in site credit instantly guaranteed. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Sign up. Promo code 
is always Colin to get this deal. C-O-L-I-N to bet the NBA today. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, and Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, Jersey, and Virginia. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-877-HOP E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369 in New York, Tennessee. Redline 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. There is a lot of buzz about these wide receivers, about guys like DK Metcalf. Jeremy Fowler came out and said that DK Metcalf can be had for the right price. There's out there that A.J. Brown and Debo Samuel, and I think sometimes trends and things, I think social media is king of this. Like you see a couple people that you know on vacation, you're like, everyone's vacationing. Why am I so miserable and I'm working? Or like your one buddy buys a new home and you're like, everyone's getting new homes. I need a new home. And you're like, that's like two people on social media, you know, and, and it just feels like everything's shaping out that way. Like there's just a new, like that. that's what everyone's doing, even though it's a small percentage of people that you actually know doing these things. And I think sometimes when trades happen, and I know I've got this in my DMs, they're like, everyone's getting traded. Is this a new NFL? No. Two guys got traded at wide receiver that were on their third contract. These were not guys that weren't extended the first time around, right? They were drafted by the Chiefs and the Packers, and then they were extended by the Chiefs and the Packers. And then they were traded when it came, both of them were heading into their last year of their contract for their third contract. So when I see guys starting with DK, though I would say there's a little smoke there, 
A.J. Brown and Debo Samuel, who I'm pretty confident are beloved by their franchise. Though, when the money come out, came out for the new the uh, Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill, I get why that ruffles some feathers. But I think we need to pump the brakes and realize those two guys don't have that much in common with this group of players. D.K. Metcalf, A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel have a combined three Pro Bowls. Right? They're all good players. They're ascending players. They're very talented players. Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams had made 11 straight Pro Bowls. And these weren't like Mac Jones Pro Bowls. These were real Pro Bowls. These guys are both headed to the Hall of Fame if their careers just stay on track for a couple more years. Like, they already have Hall of Fame resumes. These other guys, three years into the league, a lot of promise, still a long way to go. Now, A.J. Brown and Debo Samuel are core players on teams that are double-digit wins and feel like they're going to consistently go to the playoffs for a while in the Titans and the 49ers. Now, both of them are going to ask for a lot of money, and I understand it's part of the market. With D.K. Metcalf, just asking around, I think there are some people around the league that, you know, send some diva qualities. But here's the thing. Ultimately, since he's come to Seattle, 29 touchdowns in three seasons. He's dominating. Now he found out that he only eats one meal a day. He eats three bags of candy. Just a genetic freak. Like some people, me, I have uh, half a carton of ice cream. I gain five pounds. DK can eat candy literally every day, and he just gets more ripped. It's pretty incredible. I never, like I'm telling you, when I worked with the Eagles, when I first got there, I remember seeing like Deshaun eat lunch every day. It was like double cheeseburgers and fries. Like, yeah, some people are freaks. Some people, like me, just get fat when we don't eat salads. You know, it's just it's just the way the cookie crumbles. But I, I do think that DK Metcalf is a little bit of a complicated case. But ultimately, the point of being a GM and being a head coach when you draft players, and the GM and the head coach at Seattle are still Pete Carroll and John Schneider, right? They drafted this guy, is literally drafting DK Metcalf and then extending him. Now, maybe on the third contract, and you've seen with Seattle, they have moved on from guys like Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas. Time and time again, they have moved on from third contract guys. But all their sweet players in their tenure, they extended the the second time around, right? Because they drafted this guy in the second round. He's been a star for them. I don't envision him getting traded. And I think it feels like all these wide receivers are about to get traded, Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams didn't get traded the first time around. They got traded the second time around because it became so complicated. They also had, they were paying super premiums to both their quarterbacks. All these situations are a little bit different. I mean, the 49ers literally have a rookie contract once they unload Jimmy, whether they cut him or trade him. Tannehill, you know, doesn't make that much money. And Seattle doesn't have a quarterback. So it's like, why would you be getting rid of these players? It doesn't make any sense. But the internet streets tell you they're all going to get traded. Let's go to Belichick. And I I think sometimes, and listen, I think we all struggle with this because there's not a right or wrong way to know when something is a sunk cost, right? It'd it'd be easy in life if you just went like, the market is going to crash in a week, sell your home today. Or this stock is going to be cut in half in the next month, I would sell it right now. If that was the case, we had some crystal ball. If I told you right now, I know for a fact, so-and-so is going to win the Masters. Put $1,000 on them. You would do it. But no one freaking knows, right? The future is unknown. Now, you can tell, like, the last six months, you're like, yeah, this market sucks. I'm losing a ton of money in the stock market every day. Or vice versa, right? This market's booming. I'm making a ton of money on my house. I've gained $200,000 in equity in the last six months. I didn't even do anything, right? 
So we know you can feel when things are good or bad, just like in football. There's not a right or wrong time to be like, you know, should we move on from this player or should we keep this player? But you can go, you know, this player actually is turning it around or this player is really struggling, like Nikhil Harry. It was pretty clear early on that that was probably the wrong pick. But I would say historically, most guys that are drafted high, it's easy to move off a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, a seventh round pick. One, you're not financially invested. And two, in terms of the actual pick value in a building, it's just even separate from the money, it's kind of irrelevant. Because the moment an undrafted free agent outplays a fifth round pick, no one cares about that fifth round pick anymore. That undrafted free agent just becomes a core player on your team and starts. But a lot of times when you draft a guy in the first, definitely the first, but even the second round, you just hold on to it till the bitter end. You write it out. And I've said forever, listen, Belichick's best quality is his ability to coach. His ability to coach is second to none. It's elite. It's all time. He's the greatest defensive schematic guy in the history of the league. Even Bill Parcell said, you know, we his game plans against Bill Walsh are in the Hall of Fame. And that was 35 years ago. I mean, the guy's, the guy's won six Super Bowls as just the head coach, been to three other ones where he lost. I mean, he speaks for itself. We know that he, he can coach special teams. If, if right now he would be the best special teams coordinator in the league. I saw that he said Matt Slater is the special teams, like what Tom Brady and LT are to offense and defense, and I agree. And only a guy like that would value a player for that long, like Bill. And he might be the offensive coordinator this year for the Patriots. So he just has pitches in the bag that other people don't. But I, I do think his underrated quality is to not write out a sunk cost till the bitter end. Once he sees, like, I'll give him credit on Nikhil Harry last year. They didn't just bench him and not use him. They used him. They just didn't really throw him the ball. They used him as a blocker. And they had one of the better run games in the league. And he basically operated like a tight end. They would use him like at the line of scrimmage. And he was just crushing linebackers because he is a big dude. But he's just not a very good player. At least for them. Even though, Listen, I was wrong. I like Nikhil Harry coming out. And you know I like Drake London a lot. Now, I think Drake London's a much better prospect coming out than Nikhil Harry. But I think they have similar games, a lot of physicality, a lot of catching radius stuff, a lot of breaking tackles, a lot of not running around people, but like running over people, running through people and catching balls in traffic. So I I would take a a low round flyer on Nikhil Harry. Bill's going to trade this guy. Bill over the weekend, or maybe it happened on Friday afternoon, maybe it happened on Saturday, traded for Devontae Parker. Basically gave a third-round pick to Miami. And we've seen him make deals with the Dolphins before. A guy named Wes Welker turned out to be a pretty good player for Bill. So, Devontae Parker is a better player than Nikhil. And the Patriots' offensive weapons at wide receiver are average at best, probably below average. So, he's an immediate upgrade. But he'll also, like, I would imagine, at least by, if not before the draft, on draft day, Nikhil Harry will be traded. And I don't think a lot of general managers would do that because they draft them in the first round. They would just write out all four years. Even We see it all the time. Teams that don't pick up their fifth-year option on the first rounder just let that guy play all four years. Even though going into year four, it's clear this guy is, you're not going to have him on the team after. Bill just pivots before that. And I don't think he gets enough credit for that. I, I really don't. Uh, the Watson contract. Peter King who was at the NFL owners' meetings, wrote a lot about it. The Ravens owner had some comments, basically talking a lot of shit about Jimmy Haslam. Felt like a lot of the underlying 
uh, conversations of the owners in Florida was about how terrible this contract was for business. Peter King wrote it out that 19% of Patrick Mahomes' contract was guaranteed. I think like 35, maybe it was 38% of Josh Allen's contract was guaranteed. Now, it's I, the one thing my pushback is with quarterbacks, if you're just decent, you see the whole thing. You know, I mean, Derek Carr, I remember, signed a $75 million contract, true guaranteed, but it was like $130 million. He's seen every penny, right? Patrick Mahomes so far has seen every penny. All these quarterbacks that signed these contracts see Kirk Cousins. Remember when he signed $85 million originally? Well, he's only signed extension since, but he's seen every penny. Dak Prescott will see every penny. So unless you're just an absolute scrub, and most guys are not that signed that second contract, the guaranteed money actually is the real contract because they're not going to cut you. They're not going to move on. Look at Matt Ryan. Like Matt Ryan is seeing every penny of his contract. But the point is that you have to put it into escrow and it makes it very complicated for owners. And I was watching, I've talked about this F1. I'm not a big racing guy. I I don't watch, uh, I definitely don't watch NASCAR and I don't watch the F1 series. Though I did like a couple weeks ago, a couple laps. It just kind of bores me. And to each his own, I understand it's booming in this in this country. R- ratings are up. They have that new, uh, they're going to do a race in Las Vegas, I think, next year. It looks badass. I would go to that. But I'm just not that into it. Now, part of it is, I don't. I think the drama is a little overrated. The same two or three guys win every fucking race. Lewis Hamilton won it like seven years in a row. Like, even in golf and like the peak of Tiger's power, he didn't win the Masters every single year. You know, it's like the same three guys are podium. But the show on Netflix is fantastic. It is awesome. And this fourth season is great. And the episode I just watched maybe a couple days ago was about, I didn't even know these people existed. They're called Williams Racing. And if you're listening to this, you know F1, you're like, Middlecoff, what are you talking about? Williams Racing, I guess, has been around for a long time, but they're like a mom and pop shop, right? Going up against Mercedes, going up against Ferrari, going up against Red Bull, and they suck. I mean, they can't even compete now. I just They lost their driver, I think, officially this year. He went to Mercedes. He's like Lewis's second guy. I guess he's not, you know, he's technically Mercedes' second guy. I mean, Lewis, he's just Lewis's partner. Uh, But this mom and pop shop has been passed. They used to dominate back in the day. But as money grew, the business changed, and they can't financially compete. They do not have the resources. And Jimmy Haslam... You know, whether made his money in the stock market after investing all the truckers' money, who knows, but has done some shady shit. Now, he's, he comes from family money. They got a lot of cash. Has the money to cut an enormous check and put it in escrow. And he did that for Deshaun Watson. But there are two quarterbacks coming down the pipe that you just wonder, because ultimately, contracts are a lot like real estate. It's all based on precedent. And the precedent, like in real estate, is based on like, what did the house next to you or down the block sell for? in the last month or the last couple of weeks, right? With contracts, it's based on previous years. Like, well, this guy got this last year. The co- the salary cap is bigger this year. I am owed that plus a little bit more, right? Well, that makes it really complicated because the Cincinnati Bengals have this guy named Joe Burrow who's going into his third year. And the, I almost said the San Diego Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers have this guy named Justin Herbert also going into his third year. Well, if you look at recent precedent on the top young quarterbacks, uh, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and even Deshaun Watson, they got huge contract extensions after their third season in the league. 
So you would go, well, definitely Joe Burrow. You would want to extend him immediately. And same thing with Justin Herbert. Well, here's the main issue. The Cincinnati Bengals, before the Raiders moved to Vegas, it was the Raiders in Oakland and the Cincinnati Bengals were the poorest. I had someone that was involved with the league used to be like, they're basically the welfare recipients because they don't make any money outside of football. And before, like, obviously the Raiders have really benefited from going to Vegas. They have a new revenue stream. I've been to the Bengals stadium. It stinks. It's awful. Well, Mike Brown doesn't have any of these revenue sources. Now, the best part about 2022 is the NFL gives you so much money from the TV that if you're smart with your money, you can accumulate a lot of cash just by getting the yearly $300 million check. But the reason that a lot of these guys have so much money because they have their team's money and then they have their outside business's money. So they're getting revenue from all these different angles. Well, teams, the Chargers are notoriously cheap, which I would say, in theory, the Spanoses who have real estate all up and down California should have some cash, but for whatever reason, they don't spend it. All I would know if I represented Joe Burrow or I represented Justin Herbert, but definitely Joe Burrow, you're going to have an argument because in the second year, he took him to the freaking Super Bowl. You'd go, yeah, you know, I'm going to need a contract exactly like Deshaun Watson. And I'd hang up. I And I remember hearing stories about uh, Tom Condon with Peyton Manning. He'd be like, yeah, that's our final offer. That This would be Tom Condon talking. And Bill Polian would scream like, how am I supposed to build a team? And Tom Condon would basically say, I don't give a fuck. That is the number. Click. He did it with Drew Brees. He did it with Eli. It's like most of his clients in the 2000s, definitely the late 2000s or early 2010s, are the richest guys in league history. Guy was a killer. He was like Scott Boris of baseball, but with the NFL quarterbacks. And I think you got to operate like that now, given the, the Watson contract. So I would imagine the people that are mad are, I bet Dean Spanos is furious. No one loves a savings account quite like Dean Spanos. And Mike Brown just doesn't have the money. Now, he's gained a lot of money, I would imagine, the last three or four years if he's just done, if he's just been smart with the cash. But there's no way to prepare for signing a guy to 230, 240, $250 million fully guaranteed because that means you have to have all that cash to put in the escrow account. Now, there have been a lot of talks, and Peter King has talked about this. I think people around the league have pushed because this was. This rule was put into place, I think it might have been the late 60s, early 70s, when the NFL did not have the cash flow uh, that it definitely does now, right? They did this as a mechanism to protect everybody because so you couldn't sign a contract that you ultimately couldn't afford and the union really fought for it. Like you wouldn't need to do this now. But this rule is basically, it's like the constitution or whatever. I, I don't know why they haven't ripped it up, but they haven't. And it's, it's going to very, very soon impact. To me, I'm looking at these two teams. To me, the Bengals and the Chargers had to be the most rattled uh, by that Deshaun Watson contract. If you haven't had a chance, winning time. I wanted to hate it because it's the, it's the show on HBO about the Lakers in the late 70s, early 80s. And they did. I've met Jerry West a couple times. When I worked in radio, I used to go to Warriors games all the time. I went to probably 30 games the two years before Kevin Durant. They were such a fun team. It was like just an absolute circus. It was a badass event to go to. And at the time, Jerry West works for the Warriors. His son works for the Warriors then, still does. Uh, Johnny West, who's actually married to Michelle Wee, who's now Michelle Wee West. 
So, and Jerry West met him a couple times. I was, he didn't know me from Adam. Went up to him, just bullshitted. He was cool as shit. Nice guy. And I mean, just dressed to the nines, always looked sweet. This show makes him look like a complete nut job. So that kind of pisses me off. And I hate the Lakers, but I am offended for Jerry West. The other guy that I respect a lot is Pat Riley. To me, Pat Riley, when I think Pat Riley, I just think one of the coolest guys ever to walk the planet, right? Like Mr. GQ, slick back hair, LA, New York, Miami. They make him seem like a complete loser, but the show is awesome. I mean, the casting is perfect. The dude they got playing Jerry West, is uh, John C. Riley, is doing a great job. But, and I heard Colin talk about the show, and he's right. It's really more of a business show than it is about, like, basketball. Though it's kind of got into basketball the last episode or so, so. But it was, you know, pro sports in the 70s, there wasn't that much money involved. A lot of these guys, and this is why you get teams for so cheap, these, were, these ventures were losing money, which obviously hasn't been the case the last several decades because of the TV contracts. But at the time, it was a complete disaster. But to me, it got me thinking about the Lakers this year, which I did the math. If they were an NFL team, they would be 6-11. There was one 6-11 team in 2021 in the NFL. It was the Chicago Bears. The only team to go 6-11. They were the only team with that record. A lot of seven-win teams, a lot of five-win teams. The only six-win team was the Bears. Every single human got fired. So the Lakers are a complete joke. But they're the hype coming in, right? LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and then they trade for Russell Westbrook. It was stupid. It was like, you know, they're going to compete to win the title again. And it was like, I was hoping that wasn't true, but I was like, I, I wouldn't bet against them, even though I think Russell Westbrook stinks. But regardless, I, I thought it would work a lot better than it has. It's been an utter disaster. They're going to miss the playoffs which is awesome. I mean, I love it every second of it. But my point is when you, and I've been saying this for a while about the AFC West, all these teams are getting hyped up, Laker level. Everyone that talks about it, and I'm guilty too, is this the greatest division we've ever seen? And on paper, it might be. All these teams, every team has a quarterback. Uh, I mean, two of the teams have Hall of Fame quarterbacks, right? Mahomes and Russell Wilson. Herbert is a Hall of Fame talent, and Derek Carr is like a top 12 quarterback. And then all these teams have studs everywhere. Now, I've been saying over and over, I I will not bet against the Chiefs. Now, I don't know if the Chiefs are a lock to win the division. They may take a little step back, but that just means they're not a one or a two seed. They'll be a six seed, right? But so, okay, Denver, the Chargers or the Raiders, one of those teams, let's say, wins the division. There is going to be a team and like, even if three of the four teams make the playoffs, let's say it's the Chiefs, the Broncos and the Raiders. Well, Brandon Staley and the Chargers miss the playoffs or let's Flip-flop the Chargers and the Raiders. Josh McDaniels in year one missed the playoffs after trading for Devontae Adams. Whoever misses the playoffs, and they might not go 6-11, and 11, right? They might not be as shitty as the LeBron James and Anthony Davis Lakers because they are terrible. I mean, just a gutless group. Hard to watch. No defense. Absolute joke. Again, loving every second of it. But one of these teams is going to go win seven or eight games. Hell, they might win nine games, and that's missing the playoffs. And that is going to feel like a complete disaster. Because I'm telling you now, you think the hype's big in March and April? Wait till training camp. Like, I I would imagine, I've already said, I think Sunday night or Monday night, I saw Peter King wrote that he thinks that it's going to be Rams-Broncos week one, Thursday night, uh, come out the gates. Like, that'd be the opening game at SoFi. Russell Wilson, play the Rams. I think it's a borderline lock that either Sunday night football or Monday night football 
that we get an AFC West matchup. I think you go Raiders-Chiefs, you go Raiders-Chargers, you go Chiefs-Chargers. You, you can go, put one of those on Sunday or Monday night because forever, Sunday night football, Al and Chris, I guess Al's gone now, it'll be Tariqo and Chris, was always Giants-Eagles or Cowboys-Giants or Cowboys-Eagles. Like the kickoff on Sunday night football, and I understood why. I mean, I, I li- worked and lived in Philly, big markets, Huge television ratings, cash cow for the league. Well, I think the division kind of sucks. I mean, the Giants are a joke. The football team is a clown show right now. I guess you'd go Eagles-Cowboys, but those games last year weren't very good. At least the one game when they both tried, the Eagles got blown out. I think there's a decent chance you go AFC West Sunday Night Football, and you just go Chiefs Chargers, Mahomes Herbert, just blow it out week one. So the hype on this division is enormous, and it's only going to get bigger the closer we get to the season. But I'm telling you, someone is not going to live up to the hype. Now, I don't think it's going to be a disaster unless there's a major injury. Like, no one's going to win four or five games. But winning, going eight and nine, when every team is going to feel like we, we should win the division, is going to feel like a disaster. And uh, before we get into a couple NFL stories, I touched on this a little bit last week, but I was really thinking about the boom of the NFL and the money and the, the auxiliary extra peripheral around the outside of the NFL. Like, obviously, the owners have made a ton. The players have never made more. The coach, I mean, all the head coaches, I think the the lowest paid head coach in the NFL makes like five and a half million dollars. I would imagine the average head coaching salary is like eight or nine. We have several guys making 12 to 15. Belichick makes like 20. Every single coordinator, every single coordinator, in the sport of football, make seven figures. Every single one, offensive or defensive. I don't know if every special teams coordinator does, but a lot of special teams coordinators make seven figures. So the amount of money that the NFL is producing just inside the business has never been higher. But think about outside the business. The number one newsbreaker that covers the sport is now worth $10 million. And let's face it, Schefter turned down money to stay at ESPN. Some of these gambling companies easily would have paid him to more money to go to them. And I read some quotes that he said in Peter King's article was like, you know, I I just, this was almost like this was the easier route. I felt comfortable doing this. It was a lot of money and I just know what I'm getting. If I go to, you know, one of these gambling companies, I go work at MGM, I go work at FanDuel or, or DraftKings, who knows, right? You just don't know what my role is. I know at ESPN they're going to feed me stories. I'm making $10 million. He's making $10 million a year to just break that the Eagles traded for the Saints. I mean, it's, and he's the best in the business, but think about what that, the reflection of that to the business. I see it with radio. Like a local radio, everyone's taking pay cuts where I live. The business is going under. Like your business is either growing or it's dying. You're either going up or you're going down. You know, like I think about I can make a living basically talking about football as a podcaster. Well, if I was a former baseball scout, I could not do this. It wouldn't exist. People would not listen. I don't even think I could pull it off. I was basketball. I would probably have to go work for one of these entities because the only people that prop up the NBA at that level is like you got to be partners with them. So you really value it. Yet in football, think how many NFL podcasts there are, how many NFL websites there are. Think how many people can earn a living just talking about the sport. It it, it truly is incredible. 
ESPN paid $33 million a year for their two guys to call Monday Night Football. I, I, I say it all the time. Roger Goodell, his greatest attribute, the media hates him. They hate business. So yeah, of course they're going to hate him. The, the business under his watch has fucking exploded. And it was good before, but it's gone to completely different heights. It's lapped every other sport. And I, I know this. I have directly benefited. Directly. And uh, I, I'm just glad. And, and listen, I, I say this all the time. This is not going to last forever. I mean, the NFL, because I was watching some highlights on YouTube the other day of the Yankees playing Seattle in 95. And they brought Randy Johnson, the big unit, out of the pen. And Edgar Martinez hit this double down the line. And Griffey scored from first. And they won in game five of the divisional series. And the, and the Mariners went on to the uh, ALCS. And I remember watching the highlights. I remember watching that game at my house in Davis with my mom in the living room and thinking like, this is incredible. I think Ken Griffey Jr. was as big as any star. Baseball was on top. Baseball was a powerhouse. And then at the same time, Michael Jordan, the NBA felt like the NFL. And really for the last couple decades, the NFL has just separated from them all and is now on its own tier. That just, things are cyclical. It doesn't stay on top forever. Now, it doesn't feel like it's changing anytime soon, but you don't just you don't just stay on scholarship. That's not how it works. So I'm I'm gonna enjoy this, uh, and obviously Schefter and those guys are really enjoying it. But man, the NFL is just making a lot of people a lot of money. Uh, a couple quick NFL stories. You know the Bruce Arians thing. Feels like a lot of people close to Bruce are really pushing back about the conspiracy theories that Tom backstabbed him. Like, come on, guys. Like, w- w- what are we talking about? Like, it's it's pretty clear something shady happened. And Bruce had this quote. That, you know, one thing that he, if Tom hadn't come back, he really wanted to prove to everyone that he could win with Blaine Gabbert. I think we're all lucky that Tom did come back and we didn't have to see that. Because ultimately, regardless what you think about Brady and Arian's relationship, Bruce is a really good coach. And I wouldn't have wanted to see him embarrass himself with Blaine Gabbert. Because if Blaine Gabbert was the Bucs starting quarterback, they're winning at best six games. And I I like, listen, Blaine Gabbert clearly is well-liked in an NFL front offices like him. The teammates like him. There is something to be said about having a backup that everyone likes. But the moment that guy has to play, you're fucked. And they avoided that because Tom's back. And he just can go back to his role as the backup, Tom's buddy, game planner. Because that's ultimately what a, what a backup quarterback does. He helps the offensive coordinator and the quarterback game plan throughout the week. And he adds some, some looseness to the room. Makes people laugh. I'm um, just kind of a hangout buddy. But he doesn't have to play. It's not like your backup defensive lineman. They rotate in. Your third wide receiver, he catches footballs, right? Your backup tight end plays. Your backup running back. Some games, he might get 15 carries. Your backup quarterback literally might not take a snap the entire season. And last I checked, I don't think Tom Brady's ever missed a snap as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. So glad we didn't have to see that. One guy that's going to keep being polarizing is Kayvon Thibodeau. The the polarization is coming. You know, he, he said... He had his pro day last week, and the thing that pisses him off the most is that he thinks he's the number one player in the draft. And I've just talked to enough people that aren't that big of fans of his game in terms of being a top five player. I hear stiff. You know, when you can't bend as an outside pass rusher, and your whole game is just like he's really long, and he is an explosive athlete, but when you can't bend, like most of the best pass rushers in the league as outside pass rushers, Miles Garrett, Khalil Mack when he was younger, uh, Nick Bosa for sure. 
They all can bend the Von Miller forever. Can JJ Watt when he was when he was healthy? They could turn the corner. And if you can't turn the corner and you're what they call in the business stiff or tight, you know, and ultimately Kayvon is not just bull rushing every single player. Now, one knock on him is he doesn't have that many moves. Khalil Mack didn't have that many moves when he came in the league. Like, you can learn that. You know, in the 49ers defensive line coach probably makes a million dollars a year. Some of the best D line coaches in the league are paid a premium. That's what they get paid to do. Teach you moves, you know, to add some, uh, just some, just just some areas where you you have just a couple different pitches. So to me, he can improve that. But I think people question just his high-end game. And I'm telling you, he is going to be one of the most polarizing players leading up to the draft. And he's a guy that he might go in the top five. It wouldn't shock me if he went fifth. And it wouldn't shock me if he went 15th. 15th, or let's say 12 to 15 range. So by far, of all the guys that are considered to have a chance to go really high, to me, he has the chance to also go the lowest, which is fascinating because he's been, you know, definitely one of the most famous players out West for the last three years because he was the top recruit in the country. You know, he could have gone to Oklahoma, Alabama, Georgia. Like, he could have gone anywhere he wanted, and he chose to go to a Pac-12 school, and he was their best player for the last several years, and they were a good team. But to me, it's the NFL people that I know are just... I would say on the fence when considering like a top, top flight prospect. Uh, Last but not least, I just want to tip my hat to Frank Gore, who officially, I think, retired uh, over the weekend. He'll sign a one-day contract with the 49ers. And when I think Frank Gore, I think the total package. Uh, He literally could do everything as a running back. And that can't be said for even guys that were better players than him. Like Adrian Peterson was a better running back than Frank Gore. Adrian Peterson did not want a pass block. He refused to pass block, which is ironic because Adrian Peterson was 6'2", 215, 20. Like, Adrian Peterson was big, wasn't into it. Saquon Barkley, before he got hurt, elite player, hated pass blocking. Frank Gore took pride in pass blocking. There was nothing he couldn't do as a running back. He could run inside, he could run outside, he could protect the quarterback as a blocker, and he could really catch the football. Now, he wasn't the flashiest, he wasn't the sexiest, but... He was a winning player. And nobody loved Frank Gore more than Jim Harbaugh. And when Jim Harbaugh showed up for the 49ers, he rode that guy like secretariat. They had a great uh, run-blocking offensive line. And they ran the ball down people's throats. And thoroughly enjoyed Frank Gore's career. I thoroughly enjoyed watching him play. I also think he's a great story. And like so many NFL players, a lot of people didn't think he could play in the NFL because he had multiple knee injuries in college. I think he was medically red flagged by a lot of people coming out. And he goes in the third round. And he has, you know, a borderline Hall of Fame career. And he's one of those guys that like, I, I think sometimes like on social media and definitely the media, they always love pushing like, have be balanced, be balanced, do a lot of different things. I like people that go all in on one thing because I think the most talented people are addicted to whatever they're all in on. And that's usually the type of person that has the most success, right? Tiger Woods is addicted to golf. Tom Brady's addicted to football. Frank Gore was addicted to football. Why didn't he quit? He loved playing. Now, granted, he could still play, but this was a guy who was all in at football. And you'll see this coming out over the next month before we get to the draft is like, teams get turned off when you have other interests. Not because you're not allowed to do other things, But historically, most of the best players in football, most of the guys in the Hall of Fame loved football. 
I mean, loved it. They had a deep passion for it. They thought about it all the time. It means a lot to them. It's hard to be a great football player. It's probably hard to be great at most things in life. If truly deep down, deep inside you, you don't love it. Like, and you don't think about it. It's not like, oh, nine to five, not thinking about it till the next day at 9 a.m. Like, that's going to be a problem. You will not be good at most things if that's your mindset. And I know Frank Gore was just a football junkie and played basically until the wheels fell off. And it was just an absolute joy to watch his career. Are you looking for the hottest gambling advice out there? Check out the Moneyline Monaco podcast powered by FanDuel every weekday. Our guy Alex Monaco will give you his best bets, including game picks, props, same game parlays, and much more. Monaco is in another groove and has won nearly 60% of his bets all time. So don't miss your chance to make some money by downloading the Moneyline Monaco wherever you get your podcasts, only on the Volumes Podcast Network. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Middlecoff mailbag time. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Just my name. Type it into Insta. Shoot me a DM. Very easy to do. Listening to the Monday pod, I think Serena Williams is another athlete that is bigger than their sport. Michael Phelps, maybe too. What say you? I actually think when I was a kid, my dad worked for this big farmer and they used to have a lot of athletes come by because uh, they just had a couple former pros that like worked in the business and just, and this one guy's son was dating Chris Everett. I mean, there have been some massive women's tennis players before Serena, right? Chris Everett, Martina Navratilova, uh, obviously Serena, but watching King Richard one th- Venus was a bigger deal than Serena's like when I was in high school 
Venus was the star. And then Serena was also a star, but Venus was better. And then she got banged up and Serena went on to have the greatest career ever. But I, I would say, historically, there have been massive, massive women tennis players. Now, Serena might be the best of them all, but I don't know. Michael Phelps? Yeah, I mean, Leah Thomas? Probably not the pod for the Leah Thomas take. But yeah, I, I would say... uh <laughs> Uh, can't even help but laugh. Michael Phelps, yeah, when he was racing, he he was he was bigger than uh, than swimmers for sure. I was wondering if you've ever going to have an NFL scout on just to get a different perspective of this year's draft, especially while Kayvon Thibodeau is dropping in mock drafts. Here's the problem: my friends that are scouts on teams cannot come on the podcast. Unless you're the general manager or the head coach, you're not talking during this draft period. Offensive coordinators are not talking. Defensive coordinators are not talking. But they talk during the season. Scouts, like college directors, they are not allowed to do interviews. So all of like my friends that are not general managers could never come on this podcast. Before the draft, after the draft, just not allowed. Now, could I have some GMs on after the draft? Because before the draft, they're not going to say anything, but for sure. We will try to get some people in front offices, again, general managers, because they don't allow anyone else to talk, which makes sense. Um, You just kind of want one voice, but it's just kind of the rule in the league. It'd be cool, you know, if like the college director, those type guys that I know could come on and just bullshit and talk a little shit and whatever, but that's not allowed. And it's just sucks, but it's just kind of the deal. That's why I kind of talk through them. I get my information. And I try to feed it to the people. I'm looking to break into the NFL in any way possible. I'm currently a college student at FGCU. I think that Florida Gulf Gulf Coast, which is also known as uh, Dunk City. Was that Dunk City? Lob City? Currently studying supply chains and logistics. Well, we need a little help there. It's great, and I'm a good student with a good GPA that will probably get plenty of lucrative job offers. Oh, look at this guy. But my heart and soul is in football. I just want to be part of football in any way available to me. This is a long shot of long of long shots, but do you have anything for someone like me to get my foot in the door for this industry? I'll be the hardest worker you can fathom. I am toxic about football. <laughs> I kind of like that one. Regardless, if you read this, <clears throat> just keep it up. Appreciate it. Well, Florida Gulf Coast, uh, I remember when Andy Enfield took you guys the Final Four, Sweet 16. I forget how far you got. There were a lot of pictures of the campus and it looked pretty awesome. I know you're in Florida. You have multiple teams in Florida in the NFL. So you're clearly a smart guy. You got the world by the balls. You're going to have some lucrative job offers. Hell, I mean, I I didn't make any money in my 20s. So, you know, worst case scenario, football doesn't work out. You'll be rich. But if you want to work in football, I would do everything possible to go take my resume to the Miami Dolphins, and to the Jacksonville Jags, and to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, try to find a way to get in front of either Jason Light, Chris Greer, Trent Baalke. Any way possible. I I would try to do that. You have three teams in driving distance. That's hard to beat. So you just got to find a way. Now, it's not going to be easy, and it's going to be tough, but, you know, you're a college kid. You got time on your hands. I mean, what are you really doing? Monday night, you're probably drinking. Wednesday night, you're probably drinking. Thursday night, probably partying, right? 
A lot of screwing around. Now, you seem like a good student, but here's the other thing. And no, listen, and, and listen, maybe it matters for some. I don't know how much college GPAs really matter. I actually heard a good stat because I think the academic, you know, anyone with a college degree, you know, they're the minority of society. I think 35% of society has a college degree that are, you know, over 25 years old. So the majority of society does not have a college degree. I just heard that someone say that stat and it kind of blew me away because it it does feel like, and again, once you're college educated, it feels like most of your friends have college degrees too, but you're actually in the minority. Hell, I got a couple degrees and listen to me. I just talk bullshit for a living. Uh, Long time listener. Love everything about the show and you are the most relatable host out there. I'm from Texas and a big Cowboys fan. I'm tired of the disappointment. You're in, you're out. It feels like most big Cowboy games follow the same pattern. We come out slow and go down a bunch of points. Then we catch fire really late, at least, and make the score respectable. In recent memory, this happened during the 2016 playoff game against the Packers. Dak and Zeke's rookie year. And then happened last year against the Niners. So this has happened across multiple coaching regimes. My question is, who is the most to blame for these shortcomings? And what will it take for the Cowboys to finally make an appearance in the NFC Championship game? Also, Chili Peppers came up in a recent episode and was wondering if you had any thoughts on the new album they just released. Personally, loving it. Uh, I, I don't know. Honestly, I've never, I haven't heard it. I didn't know that Chili Peppers came out with the new album, to be honest with you. Uh, but I was, I'm a big fan of their, their work in the 90s. And even, you know, whatever the album was they put out in 06. But I I have not listened to any of their new stuff. I, I don't know if there's a rhyme or reason why you fell behind in both those two playoff games. I think you just have, for whatever reason, the Cowboys, when they were in their peak in the 90s, which is a long freaking time ago. I mean, hell, their first Super Bowl in 92. I mean, it's 30 years ago. They were tough. They were tough and they were physical. Like, I watched this Cowboys team like Micah Parsons is. But they're a pass-happy offense now because Zeke's not very good. And their defense, you know, I mean, they lost Randy Gregory. Their defense actually had moments last year. They obviously picked, you know, what's-his-name had, you know, 25 interceptions. And you can say he got burned a lot, but when you when you have that many interceptions, that means you're creating that many turnovers. Then it kind of skewed them a little bit. You know, it turned out I thought they were better than they were, and I was fooled. They were, they were overrated because there was a softness to them. And they lack a little mental toughness. But when you think about Mike McCarthy's teams, like they're not the most physically and mentally tough squads. Like one, I would say, uh, just outcome of him being your head coach is, you know, you can score some points and you can have some good records, but do you trust him in the playoffs? Because I do not trust Mike McCarthy in the playoffs. Obviously, Jerry, you see Jerry? Like Jerry, you you have some random kid on the side. He gave her $3 million, a Range Rover, and paid for college. Like Jerry. You're worth billions of dollars. There's this thing called the internet. She knows how much you're worth. Why didn't you, if you wanted to avoid this whole, because she's coming back at you for more money. She wants more cash. $3 million to the average person, to me, you, to whoever, it would be a large lump sum of money. But if the person giving me $3 million is also my father, who doesn't want anything to do with me, and is just trying to buy my silence... I'm going to need a little more than $3 million. Hell, give me $10 million in some fund that pumps me out 5 6 7% a year. That's So every year I'm making five hundred grand. So I basically 
I'm getting free $500,000. And I have this lump sum of money that's constantly adding cash because the stock market's grown for the last whatever couple decades. Think how rich you would have been. Instead, Jerry went cheap. And when you go cheap in situations like this, it always comes back to bite you in the ass. Now, maybe if he had given her $50 million, she'd still want more. Very possible. But when I saw the sum of money, like, of course, you get a Range Rover on her 16th birthday. It's going to feel like, you know, you hit the lottery. But as we age, we realize that doesn't do anything for us when we're 26, 27. I want cash. And it's like, well, you just gave me $3 million cash back in the day. I want more. And listen, I don't condone, like, I'm not a big a proponent of like suing people for money. I, th- I, I'm not pro this girl anti-Jerry in the situation. I do think though, when you look at the amount of money Jerry paid her, given how much, like $3 million to Jerry, he's got more money in the back pocket of his Levi's. You know, he, he's got more money in the center console of his Suburban or whatever the hell Jerry's driving. Mercedes. Feels like Jerry would be a, wouldn't be a truck guy, but he definitely has an SUV. Maybe it's a G-Wagon. I don't know. He's got more money in his car than he does in the money that he gave her. If you get to a certain threshold and you invest it for her, it'll just pump her out money and everything would have been fine. Jerry went cheap, you know? That was Tiger's problem. When Tiger got cut up cheating on everyone, he wouldn't pay anyone off. And when he did, he'd give him like $5,000. Like Tiger, they know you're worth hundreds of millions of dollars. This is not 1982. There's this thing called the internet. Any person famous, I can look up and get gauge a little bit how much money they're worth. You got to be smart. I, I do not understand. I, I I hate cheap people. I understand where people, when they first get into money, if they grew up without money or they grew up in a family that was frugal or cheap, like have that mindset. But as you age, that reflects you. You know, if you struggle to take care of people that have done right by you or that you want to, you know... <laughs> You know, you got a girlfriend that's you know, on the side. And listen, I don't condone cheating on your wife. If you're going to cheat on your wife, just get divorced. You know, half the people in America get divorced. Just go go your separate ways. Nothing wrong with that. You're going to cheat on your wife like you're a scumbag. Now, if you just want to get a divorce, like, listen, they're not going to be easy. It could be ugly. But, and I, I don't know all the details of Jerry, you know, surely married to Stephen and his, his other family know about this. Who knows? But I do think that, like Tiger, Jerry went cheap, bit him in the ass. Huge fan of the show. Wanted to ask you, if you were the GM of the Browns, if you would have made the move for Watson. Clearly, Baker had a ceiling. However, he proved he could keep the team competitive when he and the team uh, were in win mode. However, Watson will be suspended a good portion of the season and key players like Landry, Beckham, Clowney, and Treader are no longer on the team. Would it have made sense to run it back with Baker and use a first rounder on a wideout as opposed to giving up so much to get an expensive player. Well, they were Baker was dead to them. So only they truly know like why Baker was such a slap. For us on the outside, we just know kind of what Chris Mortensen said. I don't have the examples. Like, what's he like every day? Is he surly? Is he not a happy guy? Is he not a hard worker? Do people not like him? Like they have those details. Now, when you're gonna pivot off that guy, which people pivot off quarterbacks all the time. When you're going to go into Deshaun, my issue with Deshaun Watson, I would have had no problem making the trade, but I'm not giving him that contract. I would have said David Mulgetta, his agent, who has got to be the most money-hungry guy in the league. I would have said, hey, Mulgetta, I'll, I'll make this trade, but you're going to play on the fucking contract that you signed with the Texans worth like $150 million. I'm not giving you $230 million because I do not believe Dave Tepper, 
said that they were not going to do that. Arthur Blank was not. Who was going to give them that much money? Who were they bidding against in terms of the contract? Now, maybe Mogetta would have said, we're not coming to Cleveland. Because they clearly came for the money. They can say whatever they want. They only came for the money. Because no one else was offering them that contract. Nobody. So I, I have no problem. I Let me rephrase. I understand trading for him. I do not understand cutting him the check and, and signing a new contract. It's not like he was on his rookie deal. He had literally signed a massive extension with the Houston Texans. Massive. It was paying him like $30, $35 million a year. It's like, hey, Deshaun, until you prove that, like, you know, you can't have issues off the field, let's just play for $35 million a year. I'm not giving you 200. I I could not have signed off on that if I was a GM. Couldn't, no chance. No chance. That's my issue. Trading the picks for him, whatever. I I need to upgrade my quarterback position. Redoing the contract? How, How did Deshaun Watson have leverage? He's got 22 women coming after him. 22! Not one, not four, not nine, 22. And they gave him $230 million fully guaranteed. It's insane. It's one thing to give Josh Allen or Mahomes or hell, if the Ravens gave Lamar $200 million guaranteed, I'd get it. Herbert, Burrow in a couple years, I get it. This guy, he literally just missed the entire season. Why, John, he tears ACL? No! He was, you know... He had a legal matter that's probably the biggest story off the field in the NFL. It's insane. Uh, you've been on a heater recently. Uh, Middlecoff content to consume. I keep hearing a lot of buzz about Lincoln Riley and USC. Not enough about Mario Cristobal down at the U. Look at the staff he's assembled. Gaddis, OC from Michigan. Broyles award winner. Charlie Strong and Kevin Steele. He also poached uh, the number two recruit in the nation from Georgia to coach the DBs or the number two recruiter. The administration at Miami is investing in the program for the first time ever. Mario has Hall of Famers like Ed Reed and Jason Taylor coaching in off-the-field positions. Mario is a relentless recruiter. And the fact that he is a South Florida guy, but also coached out West at Oregon, will allow him to recruit nationally. Tyler Van Dyke is the best quarterback they've had in decades. Heisman watch, eye emojis. I think it will take a few years, but if Mario is able to build an SEC-style program in the ACC, then what is the ceiling for the U? Would it be crazy to think they're competing for a national title in the next five years? I'm with you. Like, I, I just, I, I would imagine if you're in the South, like, they talk about Mario a little bit. Uh, I just talk more about USC because I follow Lincoln and my guy that started me in football works at Oklahoma, so I've just followed Lincoln very closely. They will if if Mario works at the U, it will not take five years with the transfer portal ability to recruit. If Mario is the real deal, they are competing for the ACC championship. I would say in less than three years, they have, they would have a chance to make the playoffs in twenty two in twenty five, and and really in two years they would be competitive. You know, nine ish wins this year. I give them a little bit of a pass, six seven wins, whatever, and just make huge strides. But I'd say in two years, they're winning nine games, and by year three, they're competing to win a national championship. That, to me, would be the trajectory. And I'd say the same thing for Lincoln. No five-year plans. Transfer portal. Anyone can leave whenever they want. You know, 15, 20, 30 years ago, it takes some time. Not now. And Mario, you're right, elite recruiter. You know, a top two or three recruiter in the country. So if he's got the good coaching staff. Now, his game management, a little questionable. Um, 
you know, he got just he got it worked by Kyle Whittingham twice. Twice. Worked. Now, the second time, it was clear he was leaving. But that's something to just kind of keep an eye on. Hey, bro. Love the pod. Can we admit that the NFL is after Dan Snyder? It seems like it's scandal after scandal after scandal, and the powers that be are going up. They keep swinging until it's something sticks. The cheerleader photo scandal, the emails with Gruden, and now withholding ticket revenue. Are the owners that desperate to get him out? Has Bezos hired a private eye to dig up dirt on him to force him to sell? Also, I started an electric company recently and put the pot on when it's time to grind. I appreciate that. Good luck. This guy's name is King Buckets. Taking pictures with babes. Good job, baby. Yeah, I don't know. Something's weird. I, Like I said, I think they want Bezos to own the team, but why are they so desperate? It's not like they need Bezos' money. I think it's has it's less to do with Bezos and more. They hate Dan Snyder. I don't even think that that's not even arguable at this time. He has had like four scandals in 12 months. It's just scandal. It feels like they hate Dan Snyder more than the NBA for years hated, uh, what's his name, Donald Sterling. And they hated Donald Sterling. But they can't stand this guy. I don't, I don't know why. You know, I mean, beside the stuff that you read, like I've never met the guy. I know people that have been around him don't look, think that highly of him. This, the craziest part about Dan Snyder, it's not like he's some rich kid that inherited all this money. He literally made it all himself. The guy was worth hundreds of millions of dollars in his late 20s. Bought an NFL team by himself in his 30s. An absolute incredible business story. And who knows? Maybe if we really dove into it, perfect timing, right? He was the right age. Internet blew up, kind of like Cuban. But clearly, Mark Cuban's a pretty high-level guy. Now, Cuban's you know having some trouble with the Dallas Mavericks. But I've met Mark Cuban a couple times. I had him on my radio show back in the day. I like Mark Cuban a lot. I think Mark Cuban's really smart. Dan Snyder might be smart, but it sure feels like he is a royal asshole. I used to do local sports radio in my hometown and appreciate your insights. I've grown up a Washington fan and I'll have, uh, and I've known is everyone I know is losing their mind the past 20 plus seasons. Why should I still be invested? Wentz trade felt like a desperate trade. Owner is a joke. And are we sure Rivera is a great coach outside of being a culture changer? I love our young talent, Terry Gibson, Chase Young, but I feel like we're just going to develop them and see them go to other teams when their contracts run out because they want to win. Am I crazy? This is a big year for the football team or commanders or whatever their name is. To me, I think the Cowboys come back to earth a little bit. Now the Eagles make this trade. They're going to have one less first rounder, but they're not going away. But they, you know, to me, the Eagles ceiling with Jalen is 9-10 wins, especially this year. The schedule will be a little harder. They're still a 9-10. Can the Washington football team compete to win 9-10 games? Like with Carson Wentz, because if they're winning six, seven games, then yeah, it's just destined to keep sucking. Like this is the year. Can they compete to just win the seventh seed? The NFC sucks. It has the Rams, the Bucks, and let's even just say the Packers. Because three teams, the Niners, Trey Lance, who knows? And even if they're, they won 10 games last year. So it's not like they won 13, 14 games. The Cardinals, they got issues. I just, if you if you can't compete to make a wild card in the NFC, you are not very good. Just started doing a little online gambling on the NFL this season and just wondering if you have any suggestions on NFL draft props that interest you. If you can get the over-under of Kayvon Thibodeau at like 5-6, I, I think he goes a little later. 
So if you can get decent odds of him going like pick 7, 8, 9, 10, that range, I think that's a pretty good bet. Uh, you know, I would imagine four or five wide receivers go in the first round. That's a pretty easy one. A bunch of edge rushers. I, I haven't looked at the props yet, but that'll that'll be something worth talking about as we get closer to the draft. Okay, we'll get you out of there on that one. Appreciate everyone listening. Have a good week. We'll have the golf pod tomorrow. Tiger Woods, he's Fred Couple says he's looking good. Freddie Couple says he's looking good. Uh, talk to everyone soon. Peace. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.